0: and conquer it in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey
1: browning looking pressure throws it deep and the ball is caught by t higgins at the one yard line
2: and it's actually called a touchdown right there feels the pressure throws it up t higgins again on the caleb evans goes up makes the catch two feet down It's a completion reaches the ball wow. the and goes over top of it chris
3: one of the catches of the year in the nfl courtesy of t higgins of the cincinnati Bengals. our guest on the western hotline very familiar with Higgins and the Bengals, of course. Joe Goodberry with us here on the line to talk about the Bengals offseason. And I, I guess uh, issue number one is, is right there for us, T. Higgins, and what the way forward is going to be with him. Joe, it's nice to talk to you again. Uh, Chris here along with Nate Geary. Uh, how's the offseason treating you so far?
2: Uh, It's going good so far. Thanks for having me on, guys. You know, just hearing that sound of that play, it, it brought a smile to my face. I haven't seen that in a while, but yes, what a crazy play that was. Yeah. How
3: um, I I think of you, and I think I guess of Bengals fans in in this context, and I'm a little embarrassed to admit it, but you know, we think about the Bills here in Buffalo, and I talk about the Bills for a living, and you know they've had they've had this, this problem hitting their head on the same ceiling here year after year, divisional round, one one year to the Bengals, a couple times to the Chiefs now, and just can't get over the hump. And one thing I think about when I think of the Bengals is how how good a year it looked like you were about to be on track to have after Burrow sort of, you know, got, got healthy and then the injury. And like the Bills have not had that problem. Josh Allen has played all of these games. And I just Man, to have that quarterback and have the year you had is uh, it's a tough way to go.
2: It's a weird feeling, right? Because when you have a conclusive end to your season, whether that's in the playoffs or however it goes, you you kind of have like a lasting image of, well, the offensive line needs to get better or the receivers have to be better. we got to be more dynamic at running back, whatever it is for your team. But when the quarterback goes down, you kind of throw all the papers in the air at that point, and you say, whatever, whatever happens, let's right. just enjoy it and enjoy the ride, and let's see how it goes. But it also hurts the evaluation. Like, it's hard to tell how good that right tackle ended up being for you or that tight end ended up being because Joe Burrow wasn't out there. And while they got good production and while it was still fun to watch them, it the evaluation portion of it did make it really hard. And now you sit here and it's kind of like, yeah, let's retool and go back for it. But you have so many pieces that are uh, scheduled to be gone and leaving in free agency that it's not really a run it back situation.
3: Yeah, it, it's tough. Are, are you? Do you feel like uh, yourself, or do you sense from uh, your 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 audience, people that consume your work, that fans are a little worried that Burrow has had two season-ending injuries in in only a short time in the league.
2: Yeah, I, I think people are worried, or at least concerned about it. Um, I, I think there's two sides. It. One side is, yes, he's had injuries, and they've been weird injuries, too, like the appendix blowing up the first week of, of camp two years ago to even the calf straining on its own, on you know, non-contact, just running in your calf, calf pops and tears. Uh, that You know, those are kind of random and just happen, but when they keep piling up, you kind of go, all right, what's going on here? Remember, he... Transferred from Ohio State because he broke his wrist or his hand and he wasn't able to compete for the job. Uh, he's had multiple things happen, even at LSU the, the year before his final year. He ended that year hurt as well. Um, just small things. And he, he retweaked his meniscus and his knee in the Super Bowl. Uh, if you remember Stafford and Burrow both got beat up in that game. So there's been things. You may remember also the neck contusion. Mm-hmm. where he's running out and he gets hit, and then like, what is a neck contusion for the next three days? And he could not <laughs> talk to the media for two weeks. So I don't know if they're using it as an excuse, or he was really, really hurt. But it's weird, and it's a lot of things. And I think the one part is, all right, we're concerned, but what are you going to do about it? He's your quarterback. You just signed him. So, right. like, let's keep him healthy, I guess. And, and when he's been healthy, the two times they've gotten to the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl and almost won both those games, three-point losses, it's like, all right, so... He's gonna, he may be more prone to injury, so let's keep him healthy. Let's not let him get hit as much as possible. And when he is healthy, even if that is half the time, you feel pretty confident you're going to make a run in those seasons.
1: Joe, I'm you know going to ask you about the the pending free agents that everyone's really talking about, Jake Browning. <laughs> no, but really, I, 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 before we get into the really cool, you know, the, the T. Higgins and the you know, like the guys, the consequence. I, I actually the reason I wanted to ask you about Jake Browning is because you know obviously this for agent period is headlined by Baker Mayfield and Kirk Cousins. And um, I I got to admit, uh, I did not expect the (laughs) – Bengals to be in the heat of a playoff race towards the end of the year with Jake Browning a quarterback. I remember Jake Browning in college and the arm punts that he would throw up his arm to mean there. He did not really give you the I'm an NFL quarterback tools vibes. Right. Um, but then he steps into an offense that, you know, I think if there's probably an offense that doesn't really require that, you know, all world arm, it's this one, um, are you at all surprised? How about this? Before I even ask you the question, let me ask you this question: If Jake Browning was the starting quarterback of the New York Jets, how many are they winning more games this year? Because it feels like to me, the guys at the top of the quarterback fragent lists, you know, Baker's good, had coming off a great season, and Kirk Cousins coming off a torn Achilles—and I'm wondering maybe why Browning isn't he doesn't necessarily be in that group of guys, but isn't he being talked about as a guy that might or has at least earned a shot to be a starter somewhere this year.
2: Okay, so, yeah, there's a few things there. First, unique for Bengals fans because at Washington where Browning was, we were watching John Ross, if you remember the Bengals take Ross, number nine overall, and we're like, man, who is this quarterback? He stinks. Like, (laughs) Ross is bailing this guy out like crazy. Well, Ross isn't on the team, and, you know, four years later, Jake Browning is, and we're like, yeah, that guy's going to start. This is going to go great. And uh, he did. He played really well, and the offense was really well designed around him in most of the games. Some of the games they dropped him into a Joe Burrow offense, and it didn't really work, so they had to scale some things back and change some things. But that's a mark of a good offense and good coordinator, which is why I think Brian Callahan got the job in Tennessee. And also the Bengals quarterback's coach was offered, um, or was going to be offered, the offense coordinator job for the Saints, and he was promoted instead in Cincinnati. So I think the work with Browning, got these guys some work and 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 got got them promotions elsewhere uh but if he was with the Jets I don't know because I still have questions about the Jets offense as a whole like we keep saying hey if they have better quarterback play they're gonna you know be this team be that team but yet they can't find a way to get better quarterback play and I get it the guys stink but you gotta at least get like Jake Browning level right you gotta get Josh Dobbs level something out of these guys and they rarely are able to do that um and to to get to the final point, why he's not being talked about is because he's an exclusive rights free agent, mm. meaning the Bengals have his right, and they only have to offer him the minimum salary, which I think is about nine hundred and twenty thousand dollars this year and he's he has to sign he doesn't have a choice, so that's for the next two years, I believe, or he's it's exclusive this year and then restricted next year. They have his rights for a long time. You'd have to come and blow off their doors with a trade offer if someone really wanted them, because that's a cheap backup that you know can run the offense. Right.
3: So that 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 pretty much Answers rules that, that out. There's no question he'll be he'll be Joe Burrow's backup yep. next year, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Right.
3: So the 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 big the big issue here is T Higgins. I, I can remember talking with you about T Higgins. I think last off season, knowing this year was coming, and so we're here now. Um, this certainly appears to be a player that should if he were to hit the open market deserves number one wide receiver attention and number one wide receiver money what what's the best way for the Bengals to handle this do you think they franchise him for a year because having chase waiting in the wings for his big contract seems almost like a disqualifier to give higgins one
2: yeah you're right and that's the Probably the biggest discussion outside of Cincinnati is, well, you can't pay two receivers. You can't pay two number one type receivers, 25, 30 million, whatever it's going to be. Once chase gets around to it, maybe 35 and 40 million. Once Justin Jefferson (laughs) and CD lamb get their deals, it could get crazy. Um, so, yeah, it, it, that makes it very tough. It goes from being, uh, uh, when they went to the Super Bowl, 14% of their cap to potentially 35% of their cap, depending on how those numbers go, for the trio of Burrow, Brown, or Burrow, uh, Chase, and Higgins. So it's tough. It, you you want to keep those guys, yes, but can you afford to? And and is it the smartest way to build your roster and handle business? And I don't know that it is. Uh, but I do think the Bengals will franchise tag T. Higgins. And we did talk last year. It was right after Duke Tobin their player personnel guy said, go find your own T Higgins. We're not trading them. And I believed it wholeheartedly. They were not going to trade him. They, they believe they're in the Super Bowl window. You have a young, cheap asset that was $4 million against the cap last year. Why would you trade somebody like that if you're, if you're planning on winning something? Um, it didn't go that way, obviously. And this year it's going to be about $21.7 million to franchise tag him, which is a chunk of money. And that's all, you know, guaranteed cash money. You can't lower that cap hit unless you're extending him. So it really hamstrings you a little bit. And sure, they have $60 million to spend this year. They're in great cap shape. They're in great cap health for the next few years, even with signing Burrow and Jamar Chase. But that is an indication that they have some holes on their roster and they have some other issues that they need to fill, whether that's on the offensive line and defensive line, running back and tight end and uh, corner. And so, yes, are they going to franchise tag him? I think they are are they going to trade him are they going to extend him i do not think either of those things are going to happen very low chance on an extension maybe a chance on a trade but because of they'll need the money and they they know they have to extend jamar chase shortly after if not this offseason very quickly in the next offseason
3: right with that in mind what is is tyler boyd also up he's a free agent yep right okay so that that because that that might be one one thing that would be against the idea of the trade because this is the this is the we're we're in an era here. We saw the Chiefs do this with Tyreek Hill. We saw the Packers do this with Devontae Adams, um, and you know heading into where the cap will start to get tricky once Burrow is into his new contract, and like you say, once you get into Chase's new contract. It it could be advantageous to have an extra pick or two that you could get in a T. Higgins trade. I'm thinking of you know the Vikings trading away Stefan Diggs even, um, and and getting a first round pick for it. I mean they certainly struck gold by replacing him with <laughs> Justin Jefferson, and now he's ready for a new contract too. But yeah, I mean I I wonder does the the idea of trading him and sort of taking a bit of a step back, at, at least roster wise in the off season. I don't know, it, how tough a sell is that for you, and how tough a sell do you think that it would be for Bengals fans?
2: I think it's the toughest sell for the Bengals themselves as an organization. They're notoriously hard to trade with because they value their own players more than what teams are offering. And this is throughout history. They, teams have come in and said, hey, we'll give you this, we'll give you that. will give you two first-round picks from Chad Johnson, who was the Redskins at the time. Bengals said no. Um, so, like, they, they, they were not going to trade Carson Palmer unless they got two first round picks it was a first ended up being a second because of the uh, parameters in the trade but they are notoriously hard because they will say we want a first round pick for T Higgins and we'll accept nothing less and in this draft class and in free agency I mean there's a lot of good receivers out there and I think receivers becoming kind of a weird position where every team's got two maybe three sometimes four on some of these teams not and not number one guys not Higgins Mm. I understand that but guys you can go to if you have the franchise quarterback and every team uh and you look in the first round mocks like how many teams are taking these you guys are probably looking at receiver right now right looking at these ah, mocks.
3: big if time brian yeah
2: thomas yeah if brian thomas ends up being there you're like yeah great but if not you, you look in these mocks and you're like hey second third round there's a bunch of guys that you could draft and i think it probably hurts t higgins value a little bit and he's coming off his worst year uh he dealt with injuries then Joe Burrow gets hurt, so it's kind of explainable. Uh, but at the same time, he's only played about 65% of his offensive snaps in his four years with the Bengals. So he's had his share of injuries. And now you don't get the cheap year that A.J. Brown had left on his deal, uh, and which is how he got a first plus. I, I think it'd be a little bit harder for a team to come and say, all right, we're going to give you a first-round pick, and we can just sit there and take Troy Franklin at 25 or whatever it may be.
1: Joe, were you at all surprised by the bounce-back season the Bengals got from Joe Mixon? Because... You know, obviously in 2022, he has one of his worst seasons um, since entering the league and really becoming the primary starter outside of that 2020 season uh, where he was injured for most of the year, but has 1,200 yards in 2021, then dips down to 814 yards and one of his lowest yards per carry output, under four yards a carry, um, and really kind of has a resurgence at 28 years old. and. I, I guess I, I, as a fantasy guy, I was surprised. It was kind of a guy I was staying the hell away from, to be honest, in most fantasy drafts. But he's set to make eight point eight five million dollars this year, which is the sixth highest. Salary cap hit of any running back in the league. Uh, Last year of the contract, are you just expecting they're going to ride this one out for one more year with Joe Mixon and then maybe try to draft his replacement this year? Like, what what are you maybe guys looking at at on the offensive side, particularly a running back? uh, Maybe a position that that isn't getting talked about because of the, you know, pending free agents of of T. Higgins and, and Tyler Boyd.
2: Yeah, I think he was under the radar last year in fantasy because he was dealing with some legal issues at that time. You know, I remember in July and August when people were doing their drafts, and then he took a pay cut. The Bengals approached him about a pay cut, uh, not a restructure. They wanted to reduce his salary completely or face being released in the Delvin Cook type situation when you don't know if you'll find a spot. And so they were able to convince him to take that pay cut, and it's down to 8.75 this year, as you've said. Uh, yeah, 1,400 total yards. I mean, and 12 touchdowns. That looks like a great year. They also gave him the second largest share of touches in any backfield in the league, only behind Josh Jacobs or the Raiders. They didn't use their backups enough at all. So mm. Mixon had 300 plus touches. But then when you got to see Chase Brown in the second half of the year, everyone was like, Oh, that's <laughs> speed at running back. There's some explosiveness. There's a guy that can turn two yards into 15 real fast. There's a guy that can take a screen and go 50 yards. And I think everyone's like, I understand now what we're missing at running back a little bit. It's, it's the explosiveness. It's, it's the ability to make a guy miss and outrun that unblocked defender. So while Mixon's been really durable for the most part and doesn't fumble at all, uh, which is always great and good qualities, I think they are considering cutting him and going with somebody else. And even if that's a cheaper veteran option plus a third-round pick, fourth-round pick, whatever it may be, he's got a $3,028, for his number, uh, bonus for, on March 18th. The legal tampering period starts March 11th. It gives them one week to decide if they're going to keep Joe Mixon or not. I expect the Bengals to be talking to a lot of veteran running backs in that week.
3: Joe Goodberry on the West Wester Hotline with us for just a few more minutes here on WGR. Always on top of the Bengals here for uh, for uh, fans on Twitter. You can find him there at the Joe Goodberry. I believe that that's still the handle, right? I'm not looking at it right it's now. Joe but Goodberry. I, okay, Joe Goodberry. Good. Um, well, so what what else? Here, we, we've covered Higgins, we've covered Mixon, we've even talked about backup quarterback. Um, what, what, what else is on the on the agenda? What's on the, on the concern list for Bengals heading into uh, the combine and eventually the draft in a few weeks?
2: So their two biggest free agents are probably their two biggest needs. It continues to be offensive line, but they are set to lose Jonah Williams. Their starting right tackle of last year was their starting left tackle for four years previous to that. Uh, he's been a solid player. He's only 26 years old, former first-round pick. I expect he's going to get uh, more money than the Bengals are probably interested in spending. Uh, he's been in, you know, even an average offensive lineman, especially tackle, gets overpaid in free agency. So I just don't think it lines up for what what they want to do. Does that mean you can go out and find a capable, maybe older starter at right tackle? Or is it in a strong, and we talked about strong receiver classes this year, the offensive tackle class is ridiculously strong. Can you sit there and wait at 18 and take that guy? So I'm excited for the for the testing at the combine coming up and see how many of these, they're all 6'5 to 6'7 and 340 pounds. It's like how many of these guys are going to be elite athletes? And if they are, how far are they going to get pushed up the board? And then the other spot is D.J. Reeder at defensive tackle. He's a nose tackle specifically. Uh, they could use a new nose if, if it's not him. He's going to be 30 years old. Bengals typically don't like to sign free agents that are over that mark. Um, but he's been a good player for them, and he tore his quad and miss the second half of the year, and it it could be a value situation where the money is not there for him and he can stay in Cincinnati in rehab. I wouldn't be surprised if they found common ground there and kept him for a year or two. But even with D.J. Reeder, if they lose him or not, they need to find more athleticism and pass rush inside. And I think that could be also the first-round pick. If Johnny Newton, who reported today that uh, he had a foot, injury and had to have surgery and he should be ready by april by the time draft comes that's what any agent would say so that makes sense uh but you know he's projected to be a top 20 pick he could be in that spot at 18 and byron murphy the defensive tackle from texas same thing athletic great production profile I had to play nose at texas because they were very weird with their defensive fronts you didn't know, get could see a lot of film with him doing what he's supposed to do he's going to be a three tech in the nfl and, and win with that athleticism uh, so the film makes it a little bit scary but everything else about him is really really nice from him Profile standpoint, so I expect him to blow up the combine in two weeks. Let me
1: squeeze one in here too, Joe. Uh, I, you guys lose Brian Callahan. You know, tough, uh, tough loss. It, it's crazy. The the remind me the new offensive coordinator's name. He's a Cortland grad. played played at Cortland and right. from from here in in you know Western New York. You know, I don't know if you knew that Bulldog. Yeah, Dan but
2: pitcher. He did play quarterback there. He won a quarterback. Yeah,
1: yeah, won, won a D three championship at uh, at Cortland. So yeah, the, All right. for for your knowledge. But what the real question I was going to ask you is. How in the hell didn't Lou Anarumo end up with a job? I mean, right now, in my money, right there with Spagnolo is one of the best defensive coordinators in football, um, I, I'm just, I'm waiting for him to get a head coaching job so he can stop terrorizing Josh Allen, the bill's offense.
2: Yeah, I don't know what it is about Lou. And sometimes it just might be the defensive position that doesn't get promoted to a head coaching job right around the league. I think if teams have their preference, they're going to take an offensive guy every time. Uh, But Lou is kind of – he came from nowhere, I think. When the Bengals hired him, he wasn't really high on anyone's radar. And then he had a couple of rough years to start in Cincinnati, and we weren't really sure if he was the guy either. And even this past year, after they lost Jesse Bates and and Vaughn at safety, they ended up being like the 31st-ranked defense and and 32nd in explosive plays given up. So I wasn't expecting him to get a head coaching job. But you're right in mentioning him him with Spags because I think – there is defense can be volatile from year to year. You can have really good numbers, and you get into the playoffs, and you get thirty points dropped on you. I mean, I don't know, specifically. Specific. It's awfully specific. It's awfully specific, Joe. I'm sorry, <laughs> but the point is, you need a guy that maybe his stats or the numbers aren't that great, but they're a big game defensive coordinator. Can they put a game plan together on that week to, for that opponent and be multiple and put that quarterback in a bind just enough to get you out of that game against? I mean, the AFC is going to be a gauntlet for however many years against really good quarterbacks. If you've got a guy that can do that, I think he's the right guy. So I'm glad he's back because despite the rankings this year, I think he's a good coordinator.
3: Joe, excellent job as always. Uh, Please enjoy the spring, and we'll uh, look forward to talking with you, I'm sure, sometime post-draft or something into the summer. Okay?
2: Yeah, sounds good. Take care, guys.
3: That is at Joe Goodberry on the old Twitter X machine, uh, providing Bengals, NFL draft, film content, YouTuber, just a lot of good content uh, for Joe. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the number. I'm torn here. Football ideas We haven't really talked much football Except for visiting with Joe Enjoyed the hockey conversation We'll sort of see where we end up going When uh, we get through the break And the update here Uh, We'll we'll take take the temperature of the room And figure out how to proceed uh, From here to the wire Nate Geary's in for Mike Shope Along with Zach Jones I'm the Bulldog and you're listening to WGR
0: Okay, picture this It's Friday afternoon When a thought hits you